Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call forth these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. I'm Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise. Men on the Frontline social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you have a key role to play for the kingdom in the earth. So thanks for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. I want to start off this week with a question for you. Do you, do you ever feel like something's being held back from you or you're being held back in some way? Well, you know what? You just might be. We're going to talk about that today, and you may be very surprised at what it is that's getting in your way. But before we get into that with my very special guest, I've got a few announcements for you. I want you to mark your calendar, men, from March 24th to the 26th, because we've got our East Coast event coming up, our annual East Coast event, March 24th to the 26th in 2022 in Rose Hill, North Carolina. We've got Man Camp East Coast 2022 coming at you. I'll be there. Brad Carter will be there. Ben Hughes will be there. But I want to see you there. It's you guys that make these events so great. And, you know, just, just not that long ago, we wrapped up our West Coast event, and it was so powerful. Brad and Ben and I put our heads together and said, we got to start dreaming up ways to make this an even greater event, an even better time a brotherhood breakthrough and adventure. So this March 24th through the 26th, we're going to take it to a whole nother level. And I want you to be there. You can go to menonthefrontlines.com, click the events link, and you'll get all the information about that event. Or if you want it to be simple, just email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com, and I'll get you the information. But one thing you definitely want to know, we've got an early bird special going on. And if you go and you register for our East Coast event, March 24th to the 26th, if you register before the end of this month, you get a significant discount, you get the early bird special. So there's only 100 spots. And why not register early, secure that spot and get your discount. All right, the other announcement I have for you is the one we talk about every week. But I want you to go to my Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel and Rumble channel and subscribe. Not only so you'll get notifications when we upload new content for you, but we've been having some challenges with our streaming platform, and I'm not going to name it because that sets off the algorithm alarms and they don't send out our videos when I name it. But we've noticed that the amount of people we're reaching has significantly uh, uh, gone down. So we know that if we can get you on YouTube, we can get you on Rumble, we'll make sure that you see all the content we have for you, all the Heroes Arise shows, all the Word Up devotional uh, podcasts and video casts, all the God Top 5 segments, all the Ask Robert segments. They're all on YouTube. They're all on Rumble. They're all free. They're all for you. So do me a favor. 
go and subscribe on those channels and then like and share the videos because that also does something the algorithms and it helps us get the word out to more heroes like you and if like me you love podcasts i listen to lots of podcasts you can get heroes arise and word up on basically all your favorite podcast platforms all right that's the announcements for this week let's get into this week's topic and as we do let me bring in my very special guest and my dear friend pastor johnny thompson how are you sir i'm doing well robert it's a pleasure to be with you today it's good to see. You. It's been a few weeks. We were at the, the West Coast event together. You were one of the speakers and you shared a message on the blessing blocker and it blew me away. It was so timely. Um, one, just because I needed to hear it and I wanted to make sure that our audience heard it. But one of the other things that really stirred me was that I had received a word from the Lord um, early in 2020, just before lockdowns came here in Arizona. And the Lord spoke to me and said, tell the body to beware of giving place to old habits and false comforts in this coming season of natural restrictions and limitations and challenges. And what's interesting is that season has now gone on for about 20 months. And your word so directly addressed, but also gave keys to avoiding those challenges, those distractions, those blessing blockers that I wanted to make sure our audience heard from you on this topic. Well, it's pretty amazing. Um, let me first of all say that it was a blessing to be with the team. Uh, you guys are doing an amazing job impacting mm -hmm. men of God in every place, you know, and so I was just honored to be able to be a part of uh, the vision of uh, uh, that particular gathering. Uh, one of the things that I've, I've struggled with, and I don't mind uh, uh, admitting struggles, uh, and one of the poster children for uh, my walking things out is learning from men in the Bible. And I have to really appreciate God for putting men in the Bible that had issues, struggles, dramas, and traumas. None of them were without some tension, some battle, some fight that they were experiencing. And so uh, because of maybe some of the things that I was going through and some of the battles that I've, I've had to learn to walk through, um, I, I focused on Samson, who happened to be the strong man who struggled. And I know that there are men that struggle. You know, I'm surrounded by amazing men, men of God that are, are, are doing amazing things, but none of them are without levels of struggle, levels of tension. And so for my own life, I, I would just run to the word. And I just happened to go to uh, the book of Judges. And I just kind of walked through somebody that was anointed, but anointed with issues. And it happened to be Samson. And so I just started kind of pulling some things out of the word of God that helped me and to help me to understand that uh, uh, trouble, uh, I learned to call it normal because uh, trouble uh, will always be on, uh, on, on someone's plate at one time or another. And so how do I walk through it? How do I get through it? And so I'm so thankful that there are men in the word that God put in the word to help us to walk through this. You know, Pastor Johnny, um, and for everybody who's watching, I know a lot of our audience will know you because you've been involved in so many of our events and you are part of our Men on the Frontlines team, but you, you serve in a wonderful church, the Sanctuary in Southern California. Um, before we wrap up today's show, I'm going to make sure you share with everybody where they can get more from you. 
But one of the things I really encourage by, and that we do at Men on the Front Lines, and I love that you're willing to do, is what you said is troubles, challenges, they're normal. I don't think we talk about that enough in the church. Um, and, you know, uh, a buddy of mine and I, who's a pastor, we joke sometimes that, you know, we used to travel all over together and sometimes stay in homes. And, you know, you go into people's homes and there's different passages of scripture that are framed on the wall and they're magnets on the fridge. And I love that. We should surround ourselves with the word. But we used to chuckle and say, you know, you know, what you never see is when Jesus said, in this life, there will be tests and trials. Nobody frames that one. Nobody gets excited and says, I'm hanging that Absolutely. one on the wall, baby. But it's true. And Absolutely. this message is so important because it addresses that. Just yesterday, I did our, our, our global service at our church. And afterwards, one of our guys came up and said, I thank you so much because you're, you're always willing to, uh, to talk about where you're wrestling. He said, sometimes I feel like I'm the only person in the body of Christ who ever has challenges. And we just laughed. I gave him a hug and said, no, you'll always hear from me that there are challenges, but God's got the solutions for us. And Absolutely. that's why I wanted you to share this message because everybody's experiencing challenges right now, whether it's health challenges, financial challenges, relationship challenges, emotional challenges with what's going on in the world. It'd be, you'd be in denial if you weren't dealing with challenges. So you were talking about Samson and how he's the strong man who struggles. And even that, when you talked about that at the West Coast event, so hit me because it's like sometimes we think if we're struggling, we're failing, or if we're struggling, we must be weak. But your message was all about, no, strong men will struggle. We just know how to get, we need to know how to get victory in those struggles. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I've realized is that just simply because I'm going through a battle and simply because I've got knocked down, I've got all the wind knocked out of me because that I've had those moments. Uh, I don't have to stay down. There is a word for the war that I'm facing. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the battle, there is a victory. God's already decreed it, declared it. It's already ours. Every, every issue, every struggle, I believe it was nailed to the cross, you know, and so I believe that we walk in victory, but I believe that it requires levels of discipline. I, re I believe that it requires levels of being very honest. You talk about the gentleman that, that, that said, hey, listen, I appreciate you being open and honest about your struggle. I love men that are honest about their struggle because we don't talk about our struggle. We don't talk about the things that we battle with and all of us are in a battle. Yeah. And what I resonate with most is with people that that have issues. You know, everybody's got issues. Everybody's got some level of drama or trauma. My question is, is how do you get over that? How do you walk through it? Where's the victory in this? What did you do to uh, um, get the victory in levels of areas in your life? And so uh, I resonate with people that have had a real walk with God. I'm convinced, Robert, that a real walk with God is going to have joy, pain, sunshine, rain. Everything is going to be in the mix. And just because it's in the mix, it doesn't mean that God is not in the mix right along with it. I just have to learn how to navigate myself through it with a word and navigate myself through it with levels of discipline and understanding what God has said about it. And yeah, so you it know, helps that, me to get through it. That's what Jesus invites us to, really. You know, yes, um, I look at uh, Matthew 4 when he's gathering the first disciples, and he, he, he says, 
come and be my disciples. He's come and walk with me. Come and let's do life together. It wasn't come and be perfect. It wasn't right. come and, and never make a mistake or you're out. It was come and walk with me. I want to teach right. you how to navigate this world and have victory. You know, I'll give you the victory. I'll win all. I'll do all. I'll give all. You'll have it. But you're going to have to learn how to navigate, how to, how to, he never says avoid the battles. And yeah. I love, and I did a show a couple of weeks ago that, so I won't go back into it because our audience is always already familiar with it. But even with, with uh, Peter, when he says the devil's going to try to sift you like wheat, I'm going to pray so your faith does not fail. He doesn't say I'm going to pray so that you don't have a battle because there's always a kingdom purpose in the battle. And Absolutely. we need to catch that. If we're in a battle, we're not failing. We're being presented with an opportunity to take territory. And it's also okay to say the battle kind of blows, man. I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. But Absolutely. I like what you said. There's a word for the war that we're in. And once Absolutely. we know there's a word, there's an encouragement, there's a strategy. Now, all of a sudden, I, I feel like a strong man again, because there's something I can do. There's something I can grab hold of, not religion, not performance, but ah, there's a kingdom strategy. I'm going to walk it out. So yes, talk sir. to us a little bit about what you saw in Samson's journey, the strong man who struggles that encourage you, that strengthen you and, and, and that we can give to our audience. Well, you know what? I actually did uh, just some reading through the uh, book of Judges, the 16th chapter. It's interesting when the Bible talks about Samson, it talks about that he uh, was born with purpose. He was born on purpose. If you read in the book of Judges, the 13th uh, chapter of the book of Judges, the angel comes to uh, Manoah and to Samson's mother, and there's a conversation that takes place. And what I love about the conversation is that the angel tells uh Samson's mother is that, you know, you're going to have this child and gives instruction as to what you should eat, what you should not eat, what the child is going to do, what the child should not do. Um, the child will be a Nazarite from birth. But one of the things that stood out for me, Robert, is when the angel says that Samson is going to be born because he is going to begin to deliver Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And so what it tells me immediately is that Samson's born on purpose and for purpose. And I often think about, you know, those of us that are just kind of wandering in, in a solitary way, as the scripture would say, we're just trying to figure all of this out. But I believe that God put purpose in every last one of us. And it's going to be up to us to find a word that covers our case so that we can walk through this and understand what our purpose is and walk this out as God has ordained it for us. But I do know that because there's a calling upon our lives, because there's purpose beating in our chest, because God doesn't just throw things together, there's a reason that we're here. That because of that, I believe that there's always going to be an assault. There's always going to be some level of distraction to keep the man from knowing who he is, because identity means absolutely everything. Our identity in Christ. Uh, our purpose here on the earth. If he can distract us from those things, that's exactly what he's going to do. And so I've discovered that I was smoking dope at 12 years old, at 18 years old. I was uh, um, expecting uh, or being a father at 18 years old. Uh, two weeks after my 17th birthday, my child was, was born. But all of those things happened because I didn't know who I was. I, I was not walking with the Lord. And so I learned as I was walking with the Lord that 
there's purpose beating in my chest that all of the things that happened in my life, they were always to get me off course to what the Lord had called me and purposed me to do. And so even with Samson, Samson is born and he's on purpose and there's a purpose that God has put in his life. And because he's a man, he's distracted by his own um, appetites, right. distracted by his own desires, distracted by what he wants in life. And he's just a perfect example of what that looks like, that here you are a strong man, a man that's anointed, a man that's appointed, but a man that's anointed with issues. What I love about Samson and what I, I appreciate about God's word is that even though Samson was anointed, he was anointed with issues, but his issues did not disqualify him from being used. And so oftentimes we struggle with things. I'm not good enough. I, how can I know the purpose of God? How can I know the will of God? And you struggle with all those things. And even in the midst of all of those things, God still has a purpose and a plan for your life. And even though you're struggling, God's not struggling to get you to where it is that he wants you to be. Yeah. And so I begin to just kind of walk through it. And the Bible would talk about how Samson would... Uh, have an issue with women you know he he loved marriage of course many of us know that he was a married man and he, he had a failed marriage and uh and that kind of took things into a very ugly direction for Samson but again he's the strong man that struggles he has purpose beating in his chest you know and one so, of the things that, that jumped out at me about Samson pastor is um and and maybe I read too much into it but whenever I've read especially with his part of Delilah which I know you're going to get to you're talking about that first marriage first but he always struck me as he never took his purpose seriously or his anointing seriously because he's so flippant with it I mean, and he, and he's so blind to you know Delilah is so obviously using him and I apologize if I'm jumping ahead cuz I know you're talking mm -hmm. about the first marriage but one of the things that I really want to highlight for the audience that when you shared this message that hit me so clearly was the blessing blockers distraction. We can think of it as this person or this situation, but ultimately the blessing blocker is distraction. And one of the things we've got to do is take very seriously what you started out with. We're all born with a purpose, whether we're aware of it or not, we need to get serious about knowing what our purpose is. And if we don't know it, get serious about trusting God hasn't revealed it to us yet because we don't need to know it yet, but it's still not a time to get into distractions. Absolutely. The distraction in, in Samson's life was a woman by the name of Delilah. Delilah was the blessing blocker. Now mm -hmm. I'm convinced that of course in scripture, Delilah is a woman but I'm convinced that Delilah can be anything. Delilah can be a man. Delilah can be a woman. Delilah can be money. Delilah can be an ambition. Delilah can be uh, anything that takes you out of the strength of God. She was the weak woman that came to the strong man to take the strong man's strength from him. And so scripture says she's a woman, but Delilah, I, I've discovered can be anything. I've discovered that Delilah can be my cell phone. Anything that moves me away from God's purpose, anything that distracts me from the purpose and the will of God that takes me out of the strength of God, that is Delilah. And so his Delilah just happened to be a woman, but my Delilah could be anything that comes into my life to distract me from the purpose of God. 
Now, the purpose of a distraction is to distract me from my purpose. So understanding my purpose and understanding that God has purpose beating in my chest, the enemy is going to always come up with, how can I distract him? How can I get in the way? Delilah happens to be the weak woman that comes after the strong man, not just any man. She's reserved for the strong man. And so that's why I believe that men that have purpose beating in their chest, there's always going to be a distraction, always a Delilah, whatever that looks like, because Delilah is not just reserved for any man. She's reserved for the strong man. Mm -hmm. And so she's coming after that man and after his purpose. Mm -hmm. And so that's who Delilah is. And and I have to give... uh, sensitive props to Samson because again Samson shows us who we are he shows us men that have proclivities men that have their own desires but men that also have a call of God on their life and here's Samson dealing with a battle of a woman that she meant nothing to him I mean honestly you know she came to take his strength but isn't it amazing that you can be so overwhelmed with your world and overwhelmed that a distraction is something that you gravitate to. The scripture says that he laid in the lap of Delilah. He mm-hmm. laid in Delilah's lap. And so sometimes I wonder, am I laying in the lap of my distraction for comfort? Am I laying in the lap of my distraction because I'm overwhelmed with life? I'm, I'm a pastor. I, I, I have an obligation. I'm committed to ministry. Sometimes the the overload of ministry, the weight of a calling on your life. Where do you go for relief? How do you spell relief? Many people spell relief, D-E-L-I-L-A-H, whatever that is. They spell it uh, Delilah. And so Delilah can be anything that comes into a man's life to take him out of the strength of God. That is Delilah. Uh, and so she's not just a woman, not just hips, lips, fingertips, or right. the smell of Victoria's Secrets bath gel. Delilah is anything. I've seen where Delilah has been multiple jobs, anything that takes that man out of a place that he is supposed to be in God, or a consecrated place, or a place of devotion where he could be with God. Anything could be a Delilah. Anything that takes you out of God's strength, anything to take you out of God's purpose for you. Well, one of the one of the things that you said that hit me so strongly when you were sharing this message at a West Coast event was, and if I if I don't get this exactly right, feel free to correct me, but it was that the enemy will always come in through undisciplined flesh. And what struck me about that is it made me realize, hey, the distraction isn't actually the problem. The problem is me giving place to the distraction. Wow. And, and, and if, if, if the distraction comes at me, but I don't give place to it, you said something really good about it can be our cell phones. You mentioned something that you do, and I hope you don't mind me saying this because I was actually inspired by it. You said that when you're out to lunch with a friend, and it, not just a, it could be a pastoral lunch, it could be lunch with your daughter, it could be lunch with a buddy, but you intentionally take your phone and you put it face down so that it, it, if it goes off, it doesn't light up. It doesn't distract you because you want that person to know the time you're spending with them 
is what matters most, whether it's because you're there to pastor them and help them, if it's because you you know your daughter needs a father or a buddy needs his buddy. Um, I really like that because it made me realize, okay, yeah, my phone can be a distraction to me, but the phone's not the problem. Me giving place to the distractions, the problem. And that ultimately empowers us. So we can't be like, oh my gosh, I'm realizing these distractions. Guys, everybody watching, remember when the Holy Spirit bring these things to light, He's not doing it for guilt, shame, and condemnation. He's doing it for awareness unto freedom. When you know what your Delilah is, if you know it's, hey, I've been, I use food as a distraction, or I watch too much TV, or I'm drinking too much, or smoking too much, or some of the other things that Pastor Johnny talked about, be thrilled that you're aware of it. The enemy's going to try to come jump on that and make you feel guilty, ashamed, and condemned because you're now seeing the distraction shake that off because that's a distraction because God was about to get you back on your path. Holy Spirit highlights so you can have freedom. So the the distraction needs to be uh, 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 seen. You need to be aware of it, but ultimately realize the distraction is not the problem. Us giving place to it, us being distracted by it is the problem. And you have the power to shift that. Absolutely. The devil will always come through the door of an undisciplined man. There you go. Uh, the, the, you know, scripture gives us evidence of it. Uh, while uh, he's in the garden talking, having a conversation with Adam, while he is in the wilderness having a conversation with Jesus. Uh, where is the weakness? Where is the lack of discipline? How can I ease my way through uh, any particular door? Uh, my, my pastor who passed away last year, he said something I never forgot. He said, he said that if you ever let the devil ride, he's going to want to drive. And that's what he, what he does. He, he always wants to position himself to drive your life. And so discipline means absolutely everything. Uh, a young man told me one time he's a weightlifter. My my son is a weightlifter, and uh, uh, he concurred. He says that you know when you are disciplining yourself, you're lifting a heavy weight. He says that the weight never gets any lighter. Uh, you just because you practiced uh, and you discipline yourself to lift what's heavy, and you continue to lift it, it becomes easier. A hundred pounds never changes the weight but it becomes easier for you to lift, for you to yeah. manage, for you to handle, because you have disciplined yourself to carry it in a way that it benefits you. That's good. And hey, now, because I've heard this message and it's so powerful, let's shift into, because you're starting to, you're starting to give the solutions. You gave four keys to dealing with distraction when we were in California. And I want to I wanna go through them one at a time so the audience has them. But that you had four keys, you've already touched on a couple of them, but um, let's circle back around and really give them to the people so they, they hear them clearly. Um, number one was focus. And the number one key to dealing with distraction is focus. Talk about that. Well, um, First Chronicles, I love what it says. Uh, um, God was talking to David and he tells him, he says, now set your heart and your soul to seek me. And um, he used the word set. And also in Colossians, it says, set your, your heart on things that are above. And um, 
I, I always kind of align my life with things that have happened in my life. My son was born with his leg turned backwards. And the doctors on the day that he was born says, Mr. and Mrs. Thompson, we're going to have to break his leg to turn his leg completely around and set it. We're going to have to reset it. We're going to have to give it the focus that it was supposed to have initially. And so they said, what we're going to do is put it in a cast. And there were two things that they said that was going to happen. The first thing they said is that it's going to position it to be where it is. And so the focus is to position it to be where it's supposed to be. But secondly, they said, we're putting it in a cast so that it could be trained yeah. in the position that it is. And so I've learned that that's what focus is. Focus is a redirection. It is setting yourself setting yourself, set your things, your, your heart on things that are above, set your focus and your heart and your soul on the Lord. It's being focused on him. In other words, for me, it's practicing the presence of the Lord. I deal with everything every day, everything that I walk through, everything that I live through, but I learned how to set my heart and my soul on the things of the Lord. And so it's not just position me to see you, position me to walk this out, but train me to do it. In other words, position me in such a way where I am trained to practice your presence. And so on a good day, I practice your presence. On a bad day, I practice your presence because I do have them both. Right. I learned how to walk through what they are and navigate myself through it, but I navigate myself through it by setting my heart and my focus and my attention on a working word, on a warring word, walking out the word, knowing that walking by faith and not by sight means absolutely everything in the practice of his presence. And so setting myself to focus on the things of the Lord, because all of us have options. And I'm convinced that we deal with multiple extremes. On one, on one side, there's one extreme. On another side, there's a, another extreme. But in between the extreme, the things that bring perfect alignment to those things, those extremes, is perspective. That's good. Perspective speaks to the focus of what it is that my attention is on. And so I focus on the things of the Lord. And so uh, when I was battling with COVID, we focused on God's word. And, and it didn't mean that we weren't going through it. And I wasn't close to death. It was a very real experience. Yeah. But my focus was on what God said about it. And even if I lived or if I died, I felt that everything was going to be all right. Because yeah. in him, I live and I move. And in my death, I'm resurrected to his life. And so Amen. either way it went, the perspective was my focus is on him. All right. So guys, key number one, focus. And you know, I love wordplay, but I don't mean this lightly. And you're going to have to focus on having focus. So that's one of the keys for you is you, once you realize you've been dealing with distraction, now that you are aware that distraction will steal blessing from you, will block blessing from you, get Absolutely. focused about being focused. All right, Pastor Johnny, key number two, and you touched on it already, but you told us that key number two was discipline. Creating habits that nurture your new nature. Uh, discipline. Uh, because again, uh, the way that the enemy is going to come in is through an undisciplined man, through an undisciplined nature. And so I've learned how to 
the scripture says in Corinthians, Paul says that I discipline my body. Uh, I love what King James says. He says, I beat my body and I make it my slave. And that's not being abusive to yourself, but it means that there's going to be those times that discipline is so critical and at such a level that you're going to have to almost uh, feel as if you are beating yourself up to accomplish what it is that it is that you're attempting to do, you know? And so for me, my discipline, uh, I live a fasted life. Uh, my discipline is always uh, a 4.30 uh, prayer time in the morning. And I don't always like getting up at 4.30. And what people don't understand is that they think, oh my God, he's got a great testimony. He's a man that gets up and he prays before the Lord at 4.30. Do I like it? Not always. Yeah. And even though I'm getting in the presence of the Lord, because it's a discipline and discipline can oftentimes be extremely uncomfortable. One of the things you said, one of the little notes I wrote down when you were talking about this key was you said, do it consistently at your level. And I thought that was really good because sometimes when we get the focus and we have the vision of what we're going after and we think we're being disciplined by being focused on it, we can get discouraged because it hasn't achieve that level yet. But I love what you said about consistently do it at your level. And I can look, I'll just use myself as an example, because I didn't get saved till I was almost 40. God called me into ministry almost immediately. I came into full-time ministry. God gave me favor with a wonderful man and woman of God who were very well known, very well established and raised me up. But I came into, they, they were raising up others. I was surrounded by other new ministers, young ministers who were in their 20s and 30s. And I was 40. So I was like in a hurry. And I'd done well in my previous career. And I wanted to do well in this career to honor God. But there was still stuff in me that had to be worked out. But I got discouraged after a little while because I didn't immediately explode to this big level of ministry like so many people I saw. But God was so kind to me. He gave me mentors who said, don't make a size of a ministry your goal. Make being like mm -hmm. Jesus your goal. Serve Absolutely. what's in front of you with all your heart. Preach to two the way you would to 2,000. Minister to one that nobody sees you ministering to the way you would if the anointing came upon you when you were ministering to a stadium. And wow. when you said do it consistently at your level, I thought that's what my mentors told me for years in different language. And it's so good because you're not only honoring God, you, but you're getting your mind off yourself. That's part of discipline mm. is I'm here to serve God and serve other people and whatever I'm in. So doing it consistently at your level, that itself is so rewarding. But I'll also say to our, our viewers, one of the other things you don't even realize you're doing is you're carving out that realm. You're establishing that wow. realm. And once that realm is established, increase will come. But I loved how you broke down discipline. For me, what really echoed for me was, wow, do it consistently at the level you're at. Make that your goal as opposed to achieving what someone else has achieved. Be inspired by it, but don't get jealous or competitive or envious. So Just good. be thrilled to serve and, and, and consistently do it the level where you are. You'll see growth come. Oh, absolutely. And your pace is legal. I had to learn that years That's ago. Good that I absolutely don't have to keep up with anybody. And what I understand is that oftentimes we want the stage. 
but anyone that's on a stage, anyone, whatever that stage is, and I'm not just necessarily talking about a platform with lights, camera, action, but whatever that stage is, there were steps before that stage. And there's always steps that lead to a stage. And sometimes if we get to the stage before we get to the steps, oftentimes we'll, we'll face incredible calamity because yes. we've not been prepared and shaped for what that stage brings to a life. That's good. And so yes. That's All right. So key number one, focus, key number two, discipline, key number three that you told us was be accountable. One of the things that I've learned and, and, and I, and I read second Samuel chapter 23, the scripture reveals to us uh, David's final words. And what's interesting about that chapter is that I would have thought that in his final words, he would have talked about how he took down the giant Goliath. I would have thought that he talked about how the prophet came and anointed him and all ran down his face. And he is an anointed king as a teenager, even though he goes back to the field of his father. I would have thought that he would have mentioned all of these great things. He talked about the men in his life. He talked about the impact of those men that surrounded his life and his victories were won because he had the right kind of men around him. His victories were won because he had men of character, men that were stable, men that were fixed, men that were disciplined, men that were focused. He talked about the power of these men. One man, he said that he, it was like his sword was glued to his hand in battle. He surrounded himself with winners, with battle-ready men. And I thought that was powerful because his accountability in his final words were not to the great accomplishments that he had, but to the great men that surrounded him. And so I look at myself as a guy that's in the boxing ring and I'm in there by myself. Every amazing winner has been in a battle by themselves in that center ring battling out. But what we do not give credit to, Robert, is the people that's in the corner. There's a corner crew. There's somebody, you mentioned it, that, you know, you just, you appreciate those people that were your mentors yes. and those people that were in your life that guided you through this. Because if I didn't have mentors, if I didn't have people in my life, if I didn't have a corner crew, I would probably be dead by now or just about close to it because there were people that gave me counsel, people that gave me encouragement, people that yelled at me. People that said, I know you're in that ring and you're fighting the best that you know how, but that best is not good enough. We taught you better than that. And so duck when you when, when that blow comes to you. Hit that person right where, right between the eyes, whatever that battle is. And so the accountability for me has been men that I could be myself. No titles. Because I've con- I'm convinced that the people that have been the strongest in my life have not been those that have had titles, but those that have had, had towels, those that serve to wash my feet, to encourage me that I've washed their feet, you know, to walk through this thing and to be accountable, to share your stories, to mm-hmm. share your failures, your faults, you know, your stumblings, your strengths. It's just a blessing to be able to really be who you are and to be accountable. It's that accountability that have made me to endure some very difficult things in my life. And so it's so important to be accountable and to have people in your life that love you enough to know who you really are and help you to be even better than you are. Yeah. 
Yeah, yes, one sir. of the best pieces of advice I was ever given very early on was um, to seek God for to help him, let him help me see not only my strengths, but the my areas of weakness, my areas of struggle, and then find a couple people that I could really trust and tell them what those areas were. Not so they could be fault finders, not so they could be, you know, looking, but so that they could be there for me to say, hey, it kind of, let, let's sit down, let's talk. It looks to me like you might be wrestling in this area that we know is a weakness for you. I'm not here to condemn, I'm here to help. And that has served me so well. There's a guy that I used to be around all the time. We've known each other for 15 years. We still talk on the phone regularly. To this day, we used to have lunch once a week. To this day, since we can't do that anymore, we still, we talk, we catch up, we laugh, um, but we'll also check in on those areas of, hey, how are you doing in this area? How are you doing in this area? What's that look like for you these days? It's so valuable because he used to tell me, you know, you want people who believe in you, but don't surround me with, with people who are impressed by you. People who believe in you, who believe in you enough to hold you accountable. And, you know, for all of our men on the front lines guys out there, you know, that's why we build from core kingdom values. There are plumb line, there are accountability to God, but with each other. And when we call each other out on that, it's not shame. It's not a public thing. It's, it's that because we know that's our safety zone. And if it looks like, you know, hey, you violated this value, let's talk about that. What's going on? What was going on in your heart? How do we get you back on track? Mm. It's, it's, it's never fun, but it's so valuable. So I love that. Be accountable. All right, guys, we're talking about the four keys to dealing with distraction and blasting the blessing blocker of distraction. Key number one was focus. Number two was discipline. Pastor Johnny just wrapped up key number three, be accountable. And key number four, you told us was take the battle to the higher ground. Talk to us about that. I remember going through something just very difficult and I kind of felt like I was on the Isle of Patmos mm -hmm. and uh, because it was just a dark place in my life and in ministry and I was just wrestling with some things and I just sort of felt like I was isolated and I just kind of felt like maybe what I had walked through had come to this and uh, I just happened to read through and discover what the experience of Patmos was and so it was interesting that John is on the Isle of Patmos and while he is possibly discouraged, possibly frustrated, possibly depressed, I don't know. I just know that when you go through great things, there are great battles that you face internally, just battles that uh, have made some suicidal, that have made some walk away from the things of the Lord, to make some doubt God. Why is it that I've walked with you, but this is where I am? And I could imagine that that may have been the heart of the mindset of John. But on the island of Patmos, he gets into the spirit on the Lord's day. And he hears a voice telling him to come up. And it's not just a great preaching point. For me, I understood that even though I felt at my lowest, I could hear the spirit of the Lord telling me, come up come up because there's more to it than this and when he came up the bible says that of course you know he gets into the presence of the lord hearing things that he cannot even describe or to uh, verbalize or utter but he experiences that god lifted him up and so his body is on patmos but in his spirit he's in the presence of the lord 
his issues are on Patmos, but he's in the presence of powerful, holy God. And so I discovered that you can actually be on Patmos and still be in the spirit on the Lord's day. But I have to take myself up. When God says, come up, come up out of your depression. Come up out of the things that's overwhelming you. You can be in two places at the same time. You can either have comfort or you can have calamity, but your choice is which one that you remain in. And so my experience was coming up and uh, I could hear the Lord saying, come up, come up. And that you have to take your battle to the higher place. And it was just so interesting that even though he may have been battling with his experience and battling with his walk and looking at where this brought him to, look at, I've done all of these things. I preached Christ. I stood for him. I've been a bold witness. And here I am facing cancer. Here I am, my daughter's facing cancer. Here I am, uh, my, my wife is dealing with an issue. These are the things that I battled with. Here I am, uh, the doctor telling me that I need emergency surgery because my discs are so out of alignment. And here I am preaching, Robert, every Sunday with excruciating back pain, standing there preaching. And it was so odd about it is that while I stood there preaching, I felt nothing. When I was finished preaching, oh my God. But I learned how to take the battle up. I shared a story at men's camp, a story that just stayed on my mind. I happened to be watching the Discovery Channel and I watched this eagle uh, ready to feed its eaglets or whatever you call them. I'm assuming they're called eaglets. But she happened to find food with a live snake. The snake happened to be a rattler. And the eagle goes down to attack the rattler. Well, the rattler is attacking the eagle, snapping back. And the eagle happens to take the rattler from the ground and take it up into the sky. And what the, the moderator said is that what we don't understand is that the ground is where the enemy is comfortable at, or I'm sorry, the snake is comfortable yeah. at. Yeah. And so the eagle takes the snake up into an area where what we would call equilibrium, where he gets off. And he loses his ability because on the ground is where you will crawl. So he's familiar with where he does his fighting. But the eagle takes him up to a place that he's not familiar with, loses his equilibrium. The eagle drops it down. The eagle goes back down. There's still life in the snake. So the eagle does it again. This time taking the snake even to a higher level, drops the snake from that uh, altitude, drops it on the ground, swoops down to see if it's lifeless. No, it still has a little life in it. The third time it takes the snake all the way up, takes it even higher and drops it down. At the third drop, the snake is lifeless. And I learned something from watching that. I'm a, I'm a preacher. I just believe that every situation is a, a potter's window. Yeah. I see things. And, uh, and it taught me that you do not fight your enemy on its own territory. And so that means that I learn how to fight in prayer. I learn how to fight through fasting. I learn how to fight through discipline. I learn how to fight through focus, shifting my focus from the thing that I see, that I feel that's really going on in my life. 
and changing my focus to what is the promise? What is God saying? What did he say about this? You know what I mean? And so I take my battle up and I've learned that it's not easy. It's not easy because sometimes when you're trying to take that battle up, the enemy is snapping, reminding you that it hasn't happened yet, reminding you that, oh yeah, but your wife has leukemia. My wife was born with leukemia, told that she would never have kids and the battles that we've struggled with and all that thing. I mean, she is leukemia free, been leukemia free basically all of her life. But the things that have happened that hit her body, the things that have hit my daughter's body, the things that have hit my family, we've taken the battle up. And by taking that battle up, it's almost like God saying to John, come up, come up here. I know you're on Patmos. I know you're dealing with things. I know this is a real battle. I know that in your flesh, it's too much to deal with but I need you to come up. I need you to take the battle up because in the presence of the Lord is the fullness of joy. And that's just not scripture. That's just not a nice word that you say to kind of get you through a situation. The word is living, it's alive. And if you do what God says do, and I've learned, Robert, I do what I can. God does what I can't. But if I do what he says do, He's obligated to back up everything that he's decreed and declared concerning me. And so we walk from one victory to the next. I know what it's like to have my daughter to have cancer. And I know what it's like for God to heal her with ever without a knife cutting. Or I know what it's like for my son to have his leg broken. And the doctor says he'll never walk. He'll never run. And all of his life, he ran around a baseball field being one of the best players. God is incredible. And so I'm, I, 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 I may have labored the point. No, it was wonderful. Taking the battle up. There's a word for my war. And That's God it. is warring for us. And so the battle's already won. I just have to learn how to take that battle to the place where the victory is. And it's not like God is saying that you're going to get the victory. We have the victory. That's it. It's already ours. We just have to navigate through our process, our situation, taking the stairs before we get to the stage or whatever those steps are and just navigating through it and understanding that it's going to require my discipline. It's going to require me being around people that when I'm at my lowest, I have a place where I can go and be accountable and people can speak life into my life. Yeah. You know, we've had a lot of battles in our lives this year, like many. We've had we've had many battles this year. And one of the scriptures that's become really key for me is 2 Corinthians 2.14, where we say, praise be to God who always leads us in victory in Christ Jesus. And so for me, that's everything you're talking about. I will focus on that passage of scripture. I will d- discipline myself to bring my attention back to it. I um, um, will will make sure that I'm accountable to that. And that's my way of bringing the battle up higher. And what I mean by that is if I catch myself murmuring, complaining, feeling sorry for myself, feeling bad about my situation, I realize, wait, I'm obviously not in Christ Jesus right now. I'm in Robert Hodgkin right now. And God says, I'll lead you in triumph 
in Christ Jesus, because like you say, we have it in him. So for everybody watching, I want to I want to emphasize what Pastor Johnny said, have a scripture to stand on, because then that becomes your focus, that becomes your discipline, I'm going to refocus on it, that's what you're being accountable to, that's how you bring the battle up higher. I remember years ago, Pastor Johnny, when I was going through a very, very extended time of very mysterious illness that was increasingly debilitating, that pretty much rendered me in bed or on the couch almost all day, every day. I'd withered down to about 147 pounds. And one day, and I was still doing meetings, I totally relate to what you're saying. When I was preaching, I'd feel great. I'd feel nothing wrong. And somebody told me, we well, just got to preach 24-7, never come out of the anointing. And I thought... I don't get this. And one day I was talking to God about it because we were still seeing healing miracles in the meeting. One day I remember saying to the Lord, God, why don't you love me enough to heal me like you heal the people in my meetings? But what was wonderful is as soon as it came out of my mouth, I said it out loud and I thought, wait, I don't understand any of this, but I know that's a lie. I know that I know that I know he loves me. I know this isn't about not being loved. So something else, all of a sudden, because I knew a kingdom truth. I mean, I got saved through a sovereign visitation of the God I'd mocked and made fun of for 40 years, showing up and wow. saying, I refuse not to love you. So wow. I knew I, I, once it came out of my mouth, why don't you love me? I realized, wait, I'm, I'm not being disciplined. I'm not being focused. I'm not being accountable. I'm not taking the battle higher. I'm dragging it lower. I'm dragging it into self-pity. I'm dragging it into me. I want to step into Jesus and his truth. Yes. And I'd love to say the next moment I was completely healed. That didn't happen, but a shift came because in that moment I realized, wait, I'm not contending for something I don't have or that God won't do for me. I'm contending for a greater manifestation of what I know is mine. So okay. for everybody watching, for you heard from Pastor Johnny, I, you, you guys have been watching me for years. You know much of my testimony. We're not saying these things lightly, and we're not in any way making light of the battles you're in or the distractions you're dealing with. But these okay. four keys, focus, discipline, being accountable, and taking the battle higher, which can be as simple as having a scripture to stand on and refusing to believe that it's not true. Just saying, I know this is true, no matter what. This will help you deal with the distraction. This will help you blast the blessing blocker. And this yeah. will keep you on track in your purpose and bring you strength in the Lord. Pastor Johnny, thank you so much for everything that you shared. I'm going to have you pray My for honor. our audience here in a minute. But before you do, share where they can hear more from you, get more from you, because guys, Pastor Johnny Thompson is one of, I've been in 39 countries all around the world, Pastor Johnny Thompson is one of my personal preaching heroes and favorite preachers. Every time I hear this man share, I am encouraged, I am heartened, I am fired up, the anointing is on him. You want to hear more from him and get more from him. So Pastor Johnny, where can they do that? I serve at the Sanctuary Church. It's in Costa Mesa, 102 East uh, Baker Street in the city of Costa Mesa. And of course, you can always uh, find me at uh, mysanctuarychurch.com. It's an amazing church, a powerful church. Uh, the uh, senior pastor or lead pastor, I'm not sure if you'd like me to say senior pastor because he's nowhere close to being a senior, 
is uh, Jay Hayes Lift, and it's an, an incredible ministry, and uh, we're just privileged to serve God's people uh, at that location and just serve in our communities. It's, it's a blessing. And so I'm honored, sir, that mm -hmm. you would uh, say all of those kind words. I am walking this thing out just like everybody else, but to God be the glory that Amen. he always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, I meant every word that I said. I am so grateful for our connection and for our growing friendship. Um, and I'm so grateful that you gave time to the audience uh, this week because I know they got a lot out of this. Do me a favor there in your wonderful home and um, look into your camera. And as the spirit leads, pray for our audience. Father, I give you the glory and I give you the praise. You have decreed and declared that all things work together for our good. You waste nothing. And there may be someone that's dealing with distraction and dealing with battles and in the middle of life's pressures and things that are just nagging them and just coming against them. But I just want to give you the glory and give you the praise, God, that there is hope in every situation. And I thank you, Lord, that you waste nothing for you use every situation that we face to frame us and to shape us for the thing that you called us to do and called us to be. I pray for men everywhere, God, that you would encourage their hearts, that we would become men that are disciplined for kingdom purpose and disciplined for the privilege of walking our life out in the way that you've called us to do it. And so bless us, God, I pray everywhere at the sound of my voice, whoever hears this prayer, let them be strengthened, let them be encouraged, let them be lifted, remind them that they are loved, remind them that no weapon formed against them will prosper and the gates of hell will not and shall not prevail against them. Thank you, Lord, for lifting us, encouraging us. Thank you so much for our time together. We are the better for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Love you, sir. Appreciate I love you. you too, my friend. Thank you so much for being with us. I really appreciate it. I also want to thank every single one of you who took time out of your day to join us. Don't forget to mark your calendars for March 24th to the 26th for our Man Camp East Coast 2022 event. Um, you can email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com. I'll get you all the information, or you can go to menonthefrontlines.com, click the events link, and there's all sorts of information for you there as well. Please also go to my Robert Hodgkin YouTube and Rumble channels, like, subscribe, share, all that great stuff. And hey, one last thing, it is our great privilege and honor to serve you all with all the content we create, all the content we send out. We're here for you, and we count it a joy. If you happen to be in a position to sew into that, we'd welcome it. You can go to roberthotchkin.com and click the giving link or donation link. I can't remember what it is. Same with Men on the Front Lines. It's a giving link or donation link. If you can do that, we'd welcome it. We'd be blessed by it. But also know we love being here for you. And we're going to keep creating content. We're going to keep posting it, keep putting it out there to keep encouraging you keep empowering you and keep reminding you that you want to one of God's champions in the earth. So we'll see you here next week for another Heroes Arise. Ready for more? Go to roberthotchkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and men on the front lines.